Welcome to the District Podcast, brought to you by the Spectator World Edition. I'm contributing editor Chadwick Moore. You may have a lot of things to say about President Joe Biden, that he's corrupt, ineffective, that he's creepy, that he's a puppet for the far-left progressives, that he has no idea what he's doing and frankly doesn't care so long as he enriches himself and his family, that the country is completely falling apart around him, and that he may be starting World War III by meddling in the Ukraine-Russia conflict that absolutely no American cares about. But you may also have noticed that he's, well, mean. The latest example of this came earlier in the week when he called Fox News reporter Peter Ducey a, quote, stupid son of a bitch for asking a very straightforward question regarding inflation. Biden didn't apologize, but he did later, quote, clear the air in a private phone call with Ducey. In a piece for the New York Post this week titled, Joe Biden's kindly uncle routine has been a, is, has always been a facade. He's dangerous. Monica Crowley writes, Joe Biden was, quote, always a hack and a jerk with an anger that betrays the arrogance of a corrupt elite. Monica served as assistant secretary of the Treasury under President Trump, and we are delighted to have her with us today. Uh, the wonderful Monica Crowley, my friend. Thank you for coming on. Um, you've been following Joe Biden closely for some time, and you remind us that he's really always been this way. In fact, you suggest he's had a reputation for being a total jerk, which is in contrast to, or maybe just perhaps a spin on, the uh, gaff-prone, silly old man perception that the media puts out about him. <laughs> Hi, Chadwick, and it's so great to be with you. Congratulations <laughs> on this podcast. You are my dear friend, and I'm always happy to talk to you, even from afar. Well, thank you. Like thank we're you. doing today. Um, so, <laughs> yes. yes, thank you so much for, for raising my New York Post column this week, which I thought was a really important thing to write. And it came out of a tweet that I put up the day before I decided to write this. When the Peter Ducey story broke, I tweeted just one simple line, Biden's always been a dick. <laughs> and I, you know, after I pressed send, and by the way, that tweet like went everywhere. I got like a bajillion likes and it just, it went everywhere. And I think part of it was, hey, yeah, Monica's telling the truth about Biden. And then the other part of it was, hey, Monica Crowley's calling someone a dick. Wow. <laughs> people, people. People who think that Chadwick have no idea who I actually am. Like you, you really get me, right? You know me as my friend. Right. A lot of people just see, you know, Monica on TV and like, oh, Monica said the word dick. Yeah, I use dick a lot. Um, so um, <laughs> getting back to Biden, I wanted to write this article because for 50 years, Joe Biden has been on the national scene and he has had. Uh, the luxury, like all Democrats, of being protected by the press. So for 50 years, he's put on this kindly, if dim-witted, Uncle Joe routine that has allowed all of his bad behavior, his lies, his uh, fantasy stuff, that the fake stories he's put out there, uh, the smears, the attacks on people, the fake anger. He's been allowed to get away with all of it because people would just shrug and say, it's just Joe. In fact, when I had a radio show, Chadwick, I used to have a regular segment called It's Just Joe. <laughs> and I'd play these like insane things that he would say. 
and all of the crazy stuff he used to do. And I, I literally branded the segment. It's just joke because everybody kind of laughed it off and excused his bad behavior. Well, now what's really dangerous is the guy hasn't changed, but he has gotten worse. And the reason he's gotten worse is because he's going senile. And I mean, there's no judgment here. We're all going to get there someday, but we're all not going to be president of the United States with the nuclear football on our lap every day. So this is why I wanted to write this article, because I felt like people need to understand this is nothing new for Joe Biden. He's always been a dick. And now he's a dick with <laughs> dementia and the nuclear codes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I think a lot of ha people had the impression that we've all had that member of our family, extended family or what have you, who we watch them as they advance into old age, become kind of nastier and meaner and, and a little more short tempered. And that was kind of what, what we were witnessing with Joe Biden. But really, it's just uh, accentuating how he's always been, uh, which is not a very nice person. You, you write in the piece that uh, quote, Biden has had a long history of snapping at anyone who even mildly challenges him and always with the same modus operandi by spitting disgust at his questioners, raising his voice, snarling his face, shaking his head and his finger, turning his back, walking away. He often humiliated them into cowed silence, allowing him to cruise past accountability. Beautifully put. Uh, and then there's that there's something also about him, too, that that I don't think you mentioned right there was the creepy whisper that he does. What's that all <laughs> yeah. about? Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you mention, uh, you know, the elderly. And again, no judgment because we're all going to end up there someday, hopefully God willing and God bless. But you don't want the elderly who are losing it as the most powerful person in the world, certainly in the free world, right? So we unfortunately have that. And there is a phenomenon called elder rage, and unfortunately, I saw it with my grandmother shortly before she died. My grandmother was always a strong-willed woman, but always full of love and jokes. And, you know, when some dementia set in, she got angry and, and started behaving irrationally. Well, Joe Biden has always been an irrational actor, but now with the dementia setting in, it's all exacerbated. It all becomes magnified with this guy. And it's a very dangerous situation. I mean, look at what's going on now with the Ukraine. Apparently, he had a call with the Ukrainian president that went completely off the rails because Biden is senile. So, you know, it's like uh, the mainstream media is out here going, oh, nothing to look at. Just Biden out here stoking World War Three. I mean, you cannot have a president who's always been a hack and a jerk but now a hack and a jerk who's actually losing his mental faculties as president of the United States. It is a such a dangerous proposition because all of the wolves are now on the prowl. The world's worst bad guys are seeking to advance their interests. And frankly, uh, Chadwick, I can't blame Vladimir Putin for being on the Ukrainian border. I cannot blame President Xi for wanting to move on on uh, Taiwan and, and making the moves to make that happen. I can't blame Al-Qaeda and ISIS and the Taliban, the, Iranian, the Iranians with their nuclear weapons program. I can't blame any of them because when they know that the United States is a paper tiger with a senile old coot as president who's not gonna lift a finger in response, they know that they can get away with everything they want and they will. 
Right. Very well said. Uh, and and of course, yeah, timing is everything with all of these geopolitical adversaries making their moves that they wouldn't dare have done under President Trump. Uh, and now, of course, we have uh, Joe Biden, uh, who's going to be charged with appointing his first Supreme Court justice. Uh, he, we we're told that it will be a black woman. Any black woman will do as long as it's a black woman. Uh, that was the same with his vice president, apparently. Uh, and first thing about this story, which was sort of interesting, and I wonder your thoughts on, uh, what your thoughts might be on it, is um, the announcement of Justice Breyer retiring came before Justice Breyer announced he was retiring, which maybe sounded like to some that he was being forced out because the Democrats know they're going to hopefully lose Congress uh, in the elections this year, and they wanted to be able to install someone very far left and, and breeze uh, that person through the, the process. What do you think of, of how that announcement came about? Yeah, well, there's been a guy who's a pretty well-known Democratic operative driving around one of those billboard buses in Washington saying, Breyer, retire. And he's been doing that now for the last couple of months, trying to put pressure on Breyer to retire. Um, because the left certainly doesn't want another situation where they had with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died when uh, when Trump was in office and replaced by a, a at least so-called conservative. But in any event, <laughs> um, they, they did not want to face that. They know full well that not only are they going to lose the House, but they are likely to lose the Senate. And frankly, I think by a lot of seats, I, I think we could actually pick up about six seats in the Senate come November, because Biden and the Dems are just such an epic catastrophe. So when it comes to the Supreme Court, I think they saw, number one, a desperate moment before they lost control of Congress. And two, they see it as an opportunity, not just to put a younger, more radical uh, left winger on the court, which they will do, but to jazz their beasts going into the midterms. Because when you look at poll after poll, Republicans have, I mean, astronomical leads on the generic ballot, something like nine points, which is unheard of in those polls. Um, and when you look at the enthusiasm gap, Democrats are just not enthused about the elections this year, whereas our side is chomping at the bit. You know, how fast can election day come? So they saw this as a real opportunity to uh, make their move, and they pushed Breyer off the cliff. And, you know, I was saying the other day, Breyer was a reliably liberal vote for 28 years, 28 years, nearly three decades of service on the court. And now the left is shoving him out of the way, cannot get rid of him fast enough. That's the gratitude you get from the far left. Oh, that's exactly how they operate. And then and then the other thing you get from the far left is, of course, this this affirmative action uh, way of doing things, which is so ugly and nasty when you think down into it and the left doesn't seem to either notice or care that like if you're this black female judge who gets appointed your whole career is mired by the impression that you didn't actually deserve it whether you did or not because it's put out there we are looking for this specific gender and color and we will just pick one that fits that bill and then it's also like what does that do to your sense of self as a professional and this is not just even on the court but any any affirmative action where affirmative action rears its ugly head uh the sense of yourself and the accomplishments that you have that must be so you must always question yourself it must be so scarring and it, funny enough compare that to 
Clarence Thomas, who I do not think has that problem at all because uh, it, he was not put out that we're looking for a black man on the court. He was, he was selected because of his, his um, uh, uh, legal genius and also his, his quite inspiring personal story. Um, uh, why do they, why does no one ever, why does this never come up on their side? Well, you know, I can't speak to the average person if they are chosen for a position out of affirmative action. I don't know personally how any individual might think, but I would argue that for the left writ large, Chadwick, I honestly don't think they care because this is an ideological jihad on their part. They are at war against everything this country has stood for and that made America great. They're at war against the Constitution. They're at war against free market capitalism. They're at war on American culture. They're they're at war with Christianity and Judaism and anything that sort of underpins our values in this country. They're at war with all of that. So they don't care how they get power, just that they get power. So they will steal elections without blinking an eye. They will knock people off politically without blinking an eye. They will destroy people and their reputations without blinking an eye. And here, it doesn't matter whatsoever to them how they get a radical Black woman who is going to be a reliable, progressive activist on the court. They don't care. And I would argue that whatever judge they appoint who gets on the court is not going to care either. Yeah, and, and just look at the hypocrisy of uh, in under George W. Bush, you had Janice Rogers Brown, who was a black woman and uh, a jurist in California who's nominated to the U.S. Court of Appeals. Senate Democrats, including Joe Biden, worked for two years to block her nomination. And there's your black woman. Right. But they, she's the wrong kind of black woman because she's a conservative. You know, right, exactly right. Miguel Estrada for attorney general. They didn't want him because he's the wrong kind of Latino. Um, Rick Rennell, they can't stand because he's the wrong kind of gay man. It, it is nothing to do. You know, when they talk about identity politics, it's not about, you know, they claim, well, we want represent, representation from the African-American community. And so you're like, OK, here's Clarence Thomas. They're like, <laughs> so it's not about. Those those boxes, right? It is only about where you stand on the ideological spectrum and can you help them advance their war on America to try to destroy the country and replace it with a Marxist kind of system. I think that's exactly right. Uh, well, uh, Monica Crowley, thank you so much for being with us today. It's always a pleasure. I, I hope you'll come back again and uh, and uh, uh, best of luck to everything. And where can everyone find you right now? Where should we be looking for, for you? Yes, thank you so much. So I'm on Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore. And I post all of my columns at the New York Post and elsewhere on my Instagram. So at Monica Crowley underscore. And then on Twitter and Getter at Monica Crowley. So please check me out there. And Chadwick, thank you so much for having me. I absolutely adore you and I'm happy to come back anytime. Well, thank you so much. And we'll speak to you soon. You bet. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out more at spectatorworld.com. And if you'd like to listen to us, please check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are available. 